Welcome to Rex Factor! This week, Elfgifu of York! With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello! Hello! And welcome to Rex Factor, reviewing all the Queen and Prince consorts of England, from Elswith to Prince Philip. So, haven't we had one of these Elfgifu ladies? We've had two Elfgifus. This oh. is our third Elfgifu. Haven't we had two Elfgifu ladies? <laughs> so we had Elfgifu of Shaftesbury, who was the wife, first consort of Edmund I, mother of Edgar the Peaceable, the one that became a saint. Oh, yeah. And then, don't tell me, of Damarum. That was Ethel III of Damarum as the second wife, yeah. Edmund. Then we had Elfgifu, who could be called Elfgifu of Wessex, but we just called her Elfgifu. Right. She was the coronation threesome one. How could I forget? And now we've got Elfgifu of York. So she's got a lot to live up to. Three small saints. <laughs> she does indeed. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, you can find us on... I feel like I need a better way to work that in other than just saying if you want to get in touch with us. Really? Well, I, well I, just, I don't know. It feels like it's out of nowhere. Okay, I've got one. G-Man, uh, how am I to get in touch with us? <laughs> <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> if you, Ali, would like to get in touch with us, yeah. you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, where we are at RexFactorPod. Mm-hmm. You can like the RexFactor Podcast Facebook page. Yes, please. You can email RexFactorPodcast at Hotmail.com. Okay. And if you'd like to hear more of this gold, you can join the Privy Council by donating monthly to get bonus content and help us keep on podcasting. Whoop, whoop. Yes, that does help us keep on podcasting, and you get to listen to the Privy Chamber. Indeed. Which we record after each episode. So, as you said, Elfgifu of York has got a lot to live up to in terms of her namesakes, a saint and well, sinner. a sinner. Yeah. <laughs> which is Elfgifu of York going mm. to be? Mm, sinner, come on. Come on, sinner. Biography! So, Elfgifu of York is born, we don't know when. Good. Yeah, standard. Probably sometime about sort of 970-ish. Right. And she is the daughter of someone and someone else. <laughs> her, par- her paternity is debated, so we will come to that. We might have okay. a name, but right. I don't want to be too definitive at this point. Mm. And she is the consort of Ethelred the Unready. Oh, right. This is getting more familiar territory. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Good. So last time we did Elthrith, who was uh, the mother of Ethelred, yeah. England's first anointed queen, very powerful woman. Mm. So we might be hoping now to see a new era for queens. Which is, makes me surprised that we don't know more about her upbringing. If she's now like a queen, they could have made something up, can they? Yeah, well, I think you better prepare yourself. Okay. Um, we don't have any image for Elfgifu of York, yep. so if you would like to do your own one to make up for the lack of heritage playing cards, then send us your hashtag consort cards to all of our various social media, email, etc., whatever is your preference. Mm-hmm. So, I mentioned that she's the daughter of someone and someone else. Mm. There are some contenders for mm. her parentage. Um, Me? Can I throw <laughs> my hat in the ring? You could, well, you can make the argument. Okay. What's your... Uh, uh, What's your argument? What's your I case? had uh, a sort of dark period around 970 that, you know, it's all a bit blurry. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, 
But what's the other theory? Well, her name and paternity aren't recorded at all by any pre-Norman Conquest sources. So for any sort of Saxon documents from the time that she's alive, she isn't mentioned at all. Dodgy. Not even, you know, the wife of the king or anything like this. There's literally no mention at all. Hmm. However, the first reference is from a chap called Sulcard of Westminster, who described her as being of very noble English stock. Right. That's okay. But that's after the fact, isn't it? That's just presuming. That is after the fact. Ultimately, people are really pretty unsure about her at all. There's even some speculation she might actually have been two different people. How did that work? Uh, simply, oh, you. Yeah. simply that because there's so little known about her and they look at the period of time that she might have been around, they think, I mean, is it even one person? Could it be two people? We just don't know. That's blurring the waters even further. It's not helpful. Who suggested that? Well, indeed. John of Worcester claimed that she's the daughter of a nobleman called Ethelbert. Yeah. About whom we otherwise know nothing. Sounds likely. I mean, he's got the best case so far. (laughs) Just got the right name. Yeah, he has a name. Yeah. Uh, Aelred of Revo said that she was the daughter of Earl Thorod of Northumbria. Which is mm-hmm. rather more specific. Mm-hmm. Now, Aelred was at the court of David I in Scotland. Yeah. Um, he was the one who, I think, wrote about the saintliness of David's dreams and how he never oh, yeah. cheated on his wife. Even, even in, in sleep. Yeah. in sleep. Now, he is the great David I, that is, is the great-great-grandson of Elfgafur of York. Right. Thus... <laughs> It's possible that if there is any retained family memory or records of David's heritage, perhaps Aelred has a better claim than other Norman chroniclers to say, I actually know who she was. And he's claiming that she was the daughter of a man called Earl Thored of Northumbria. So Earl Thored, because we're giving Aelred a bit of credibility... Is so, considered the most likely candidate to have been her father. Yeah, how are you? What name is it? Earl Forehead? Thor Ed. Thor Ed. Okay. Okay. Doesn't matter, does it? Because we're not sure anyway. Likely of Scandinavian stock. Mm-hmm. That's the Thor. Um, and an, he's known as an Earl rather than an Earlderman. Mm. The Scandinavians called um, these figures Jarls, as it was spelt. We now know as Earls, whether the Saxon says Earldoman. So the fact that he was known as Earl Thored suggests. Oh, yeah. Bit of a Viking. And he came to prominence under the reign of Edgar the Peaceable. Right, yeah. He may have been her father. Mm-hmm. We've no idea who her mother was. But what about Elfgur of York herself? What did she get up to? What was her life and consortship like? She married Ethelred the Unready mm-hmm. at some point. <laughs> we don't know when. Yep. Uh, probably about 985. So, but she wasn't crowned queen then when she married him? No. Right. Not as far as we know. In terms of why they might have got married, uh, the historian Pauline Stafford believes that it was that Thored, who was actually Earl of South Northumbria, hmm. North Norfolk, <laughs> <laughs> she thinks probably it was a local rather than a royal appointment mm. so ethelred is perhaps looking at a means of in boosting his power in the north of england because that's never really been a strong area for the saxons mm. it's sort of since the 950s when eric the blood axe was seen off that it's been properly fully completely part of england but nevertheless it's unlikely that the king spent much time there it's unlikely that it was the most loyal part of the kingdom 
Mm. Right. So he's marrying local Earl's daughter. Clever. Get a bit right. more status in Northumbria. Now, Elsgrafu of York, as we mentioned, she doesn't appear in any contemporary source. She doesn't witness any charters. Um, there's no evidence that she was anointed or crowned as queen. In fact, as I said, there's pretty much no evidence that she <laughs> exists at all in terms of contemporary documents. The only possible, well, I say that actually, the only possible references to her are in the wills of two contemporaries that mention about their lady, Elfgifu, and because of later historians writing that this was the name of Ethelred's consort, mm. we're thinking, well, maybe actually that's who this Elfgifu might have been. Right. William of Malmesbury described her as one whose fame in darkness hides. Oh, I thought it was going to be really sarcastic to a sort of Churchillian quote there. <laughs> uh, that's uh, more than we know about her. It's a proper mm. um, hashtag remember Ice, isn't it? It is, and it's surprising, given that um, Ethelred's mother, Elfreth, that we did last time, was so powerful. We got our first anointed and crowned queen. You might think that now that's yeah. setting a new template, and yeah. from now on, queens are going to be powerful, and we're going to know lots Definitely. about them. The thing is, though, that... Um, Elfrith is still alive when they get married. She probably actually was perhaps exiled from court at a similar sort of period, but she does come back. And something that we'd seen before with Edgarfu was that whilst the Saxons are okay now to have a prominent woman at court, yeah. it's one prominent woman uh, at court. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like if Elfrith is the queen, then she is the queen. There can't yeah. be another one at the mm. same time. So she completely overshadows Elfgifu of York. Um, does this play a part in her exile, or is that just... She was just... Um, we don't know, possibly. Maybe mm. Ethelred wants to start a new yeah. chapter, get rid of mum, get a marriage. Get a queen of his own. Get a queen of his own that isn't his mother. <laughs> <laughs> I call her mother. <laughs> <laughs> and her name is Mother. mother. <laughs> um, but yeah, but then she comes back, Elfrith, after a few years, and she seems to have responsibility for the upbringing of the Ethlings, i.e. the sons of Ethelred and Elfgifu. Ah. So grandmother, Queen Elfrith, uh, Queen Elfrith is the one actually looking after the children. So Elfgifu of York doesn't even seem to have been... Oh, she can't even get that role. She hasn't even been given the uh, job of looking after her own children, or at least not her own sons. Yeah. But she has had some sons, so that's, you know, she did that. Good. Um, but she's overshadowed by her mother. She doesn't get crowned. And... There's really not much known about her. It's also not a particularly good period for the Saxons. England is a prosperous country, and increasingly so thanks to some changes to the coinage under Ethelred. Mm. But in 991, we had the Battle of Malden. Uh-oh. This marked a new era of increasingly devastating Viking raids. Mm. And indeed, her father, Thored, disappears from the record in 992 after leading a failed expedition against the Vikings. Oh, what, going over there? No, uh, no, just Vikings who are oh, already here. in the country. Yeah. So he is either killed in battle or is defeated and decides mm. best not go home. Yeah, is there, was that ever a, a, a plan or a thought? The Vikings are always coming over here, knocking people on the head, mm. and we're thinking how to get rid of these Vikings. Do we ever? Do we weren't, I suppose, weren't so seafaring. That's what you there. wanted Edgar to do. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. You wanted him to go off and invade the Vikings. Yeah. I think, you're right, I think it's probably the seafaring aspect, the Vikings, that's what they're good at. 
they've got the navigation they've got the boats to be able to not travel over sea and then deep inland Mm. and while the saxons do have a fleet at certain times it's more for guarding yeah their land rather than actually sailing off to invade somewhere else right just a thought though any saxons yeah they they could have nipped that one in the bud when things were going better yeah could have saved ourselves the problem so in fairness to the chroniclers at the time, there was quite a lot going on. Mm. Now, Ethelred remarries in the year 1002. Why? How? What? Death? We have no record of when Elfrid oh. York died, but we assume that she probably has died by 1002, or I suppose she could also have just been sent off to a nunnery. Yeah. But we maybe all assume that she's died. Yeah. She's just no more mention of it ever again. No more mention ever again. As I said, in terms of contemporary chroniclers and all of that, she isn't mentioned at all, but we know that he has, as we'll see, quite a number of children before his second marriage. Right. So that's actually one of the reasons why some historians have speculated maybe there was more than one consort, not because there's any evidence for it, simply because there's uncertainty over who she was, and there were so many children, I thought, well, actually, maybe he... Maybe it's two. Went through a couple of them. Gosh. Or or she was so busy having kids, didn't have time to say anything to the press. Well, I mean, that is the other thing, to be fair. As we'll see, she does have a lot of children. Mm. And we've got Elfrith as a very powerful and influential mother-in-law. Mm. And then the Viking invasion starts. So mm. actually, to be fair, she probably doesn't have much opportunity. It's not a great time for her to be mm. getting involved in stuff, particularly no. if she's pregnant on a very regular basis mm. but unfortunately that is it for the life and consortship of elf gifu of york i'm surprised you need a staple well we are now going to review her okay Battleliness. well Ooh, there's a lot here I've given this some thought yeah and i've come up with the fact that there's nothing to go on whatsoever yeah okay so what's your score i'm thinking it's going to be a zero for battleliness mm. Yeah, it's a persuasive argument. I, I too will go zero. Sorry, I, I was, I was, I was being very assumptive. <laughs> no, no, I put the zero in before no, you said no. it. Scandal. Yeah. So for this one, yeah, I think there's actually nothing to go on. Okay. So on that basis, I'm going to suggest a score of zero. Oh, that's harsh. It is quite harsh, but yeah. I think when we remember last time, we'd got regicide murder the husband magically turning into a horse to have intimate relations with other horses and then murdering the abbot of ely when he watched us i'm not sure that this really matches up to that it puts up a fight but you're right i reckon it's a zero really yeah that's a total of zero for scandal she has not started well subjectivity well i do have something to say here no I mentioned that there were a couple of wills oh yeah which might reference her so uh, there's one by a chap called Beortric who was a thane and along with his wife bequeathed to their quote lady and armlet were 30 gold mancuses and a stallion and they appealed to her authority to oversee their wills it's in about the year 987 how do we even know that our lady is her um, I'm not sure if she maybe she if she might have been mentioned by name in the will, or if they're just assuming that that would have been referring to mm. the consort. 
Because I think previously when they weren't queens, we had the Lady of the English yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, so yeah. perhaps right. she is the known prominent lady. It's clutching, isn't it? It's strawsy. We also have a woman called Ethel Gifu, who in about 990 is noblewoman who addresses my lady <laughs> and promised 30 gold mancuses. It's a zero. I mean, you know, this is potentially similar to the advocacy that we saw from uh, Elfrith last time. Maybe she's seen as a moderately influential figure at court that a couple of people might have uh, given her some money and goods in her their wills so that she would intervene for them a bit. I wish you could see this on camera. I'm looking at Graham so sceptically. There's a zero from me, but I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know how you're prepared to score this massive score. I mean, I'm, I'm considering whether I could justify going up to a 0.5. But that was going on all the time, people giving people money. Yeah, and we don't actually have any evidence of her doing anything. With that money, or that it was her. Or that it was her. So I think that's a few too many question marks to give her any real credit. That's not even close to me scoring her a quarter of a sniff of a point. Fear, that's another zero for Elfgafu of York. So how's she doing? So far, she's got a total score of zero. Right. Which is what Ethel fled Anida Candida had after the first three. And ended up with? And she ended up with a total score of nine because she had a very short period as consul and one legitimate child. Okay, so how will this one bear up? Longevity. Well, obviously, we don't actually know. No. We don't know when she started or when she finished. No. But if we give her the benefit of the doubt, yes. and in terms of when we think she might have started roughly and when she must have finished by... Or died... Yeah. yeah. Well, but, but either dead or repudiated by yeah. the time that he marries the second wife, mm. which we do know the year for. So we're going to say 985 mm. to 1002. Hang on. That's 17 years. That is 17 years, which is the joint 24th best score and uh, 10.5 out of 20. Oh, she's so she he's she's already <laughs> outscored Indina Candina Windina. <laughs> she has indeed. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, quick question. Yes. Is even that, though, scoring her up to the date of his next wedding? Effectively, we are doing that, yes. <laughs> so wow. she might have died before then. The day of the wedding. Okay, let's get married. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but, you know, fair enough. Still, it's not going to sway the, the final results, I don't think. Dynasty, not the program. Well, this is where you're going to be impressed. Mm-hmm. Ten children. Holy moly. That's the second best of all the consorts. Eighteen and a half out of twenty. Wow. That is totally like Mario Kart, isn't it? <laughs> Where you've got... She's Bowser. N- nothing. No agility. No acceleration. Just top speed. Yeah. She's put it all into that one category. Yeah. Um, who beats that? Anne? Oh, uh, no, none of her survived. Yeah, and oh. she's queen... Queen. Queen, 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 <laughs> rather than queen consort. Um, I think it's... Well, spoiler, but uh, it'll be... Sh- Tell me, and then in, when you when you go Please. to edit it, put a beep over the top. I think it will be queen... 
I was not expecting that. <laughs> wow. So that is a record. So until um, years later, that was the best score. There's a clue. Oh, yeah, I have to bleep that out as well. <laughs> um, goodness me. Mm. Um, so as I said, that's why some historians wonder if there might actually have been two women. Because it's so many. Over 17 years. I mean, but it is possible. Oh, it's possible. But I guess, you know, the dangers of yeah. childbirth and all that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but it does at least suggest that she's got a constant presence in the bedchamber. <laughs> and that, again, might be why she doesn't have really yeah. any opportunity to be otherwise influential. She is constantly flat on her back. Mm. Uh, and hang on. I didn't mean like... I mean like <laughs> in labour. Yes. <laughs> in her bedroom, not... <coughs> she has a lot of children in she a short period of time. She has an awful lot of children. Uh, in terms of the children, six sons and uh, possibly four daughters. Score. Gets a bit sketchy with the daughters, but we're giving, again, giving her the benefit of the doubt. She is the mother of one king, mm. which is Edmund Ironside. Mm. But as a result, she is a direct ancestor to Elizabeth II. Gosh. So we know absolutely nothing about her, and yet... She is part of that chain. At least it's amazing, isn't it? We know absolutely nothing about her apart from this incredible fact. Hmm. And that everyone just decided that was enough. Didn't yes. no, no need to illustrate this person any further. Hmm. Uh, one of her daughters uh, apparently married Uhtred, Earldman of Northumbria. Oh, good. Don't. Is it? So it's not the same because the Bernard Cornwall one is set during the reign of Alfred. Oh, yeah. But um, it, it is clearly, obviously, an influence in terms of the name and the location. So apparently he does suggest the fact that perhaps um, the fictional Uhtred could be seen as an ancestor of this one. Uhtred, Uhtredson, mm. Uhtred. Uhtred of Bevenber. Yeah. yeah. Is that still going, is it? Yeah. 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 Anyway, 18 and a half for Dynasty. That takes her total score to 29 that's stonking which does actually beat several uh, of our consorts who does that beat that beats uh, Ethelfled and Edith Candida it beats Ethelfled of Dameron and it beats Saint Elfgifu of Shaftesbury and it's only one point behind Wolfrith of Wilton so in summary then was she a saint or a sinner Depends what you, what you see the role of <laughs> yeah. women here is. Yeah. At least it was in wedlock. Indeed. Saint. And she beats the saint, so maybe that makes her a sinner. Anyway, she gets a total score of 29, which I think is quite a lot better than we were expecting. She's come mm. home with a very strong finish. Come romping home. Yeah. But it's not all about the score. Does she have that certain something, that lasting legacy, that great achievement, the star quality that we call... Rex Factor! She's got a lot of children. Yeah. Edmund Ironside was cool. Sex factor, maybe. But not Rex But not factor. in a scandalous way. No. Sadly, it's got to be a no for Elf Cthulhu oh. of York. We just don't know anything about her. No. And she was a tricky one when uh, doing her, because obviously in, this is the last of the ones that I researched. So I did a whole lot of research before the series started. Yeah all sorts of stuff at once was planning all the episodes out what themes I do for the ones we didn't have much to go on mm. so you know we had our little bits at the end where we talked about all yeah, sorts yeah, of things yeah. and this was the one where I was like there's just nothing <laughs> it's 
just nothing I can say about her, and I can't put just tag her on to the previous episode because that's a big, yeah, really good true. episode. Can't stick her on at the beginning of the next one because spoiler, spoiler, but Emma of Normandy is a pretty, uh. pretty strong, strong one as well. So I thought we just got to unfortunately have this one episode where there's no other theme, there's nothing really to say. She just may have existed and had a lot of children. I feel like we had a, a similar hashtag Rambiath moment earlier. Uh, we've had someone we knew very, very little, but I think I've always found... I mean, Ethel Third and Ida Candida we did put just at the start of the Wolf with the Wilton episode. Yeah. So we did do it for that one, but for this one, unfortunately, because she's between two Biggies. big ones, I couldn't really fit so her in. would you say we know least about her than anyone else? Yeah, she's the one that we've... Um, Indeed, can you? Yeah, those two. Yeah. We really know very little at all and it's that's where you're starting to speculate even about who they were at all never mind what they mm. did or any of that sort of thing those are the ones who are actually the thing about them is we know there has to be somebody there because there are children mm. yeah if it wasn't for them mm. but we just don't know any of the details mm. so it's interesting obviously coming after the Elfrith episode where we had so much to go on and she was so powerful but I guess as we said they've still got this idea that there's only room for one powerful woman at the time and she was still around probably overshadows yeah this one well there we are there you've we got, are you've got to have an eye indeed let us know though if you think uh, somehow that there is an argument to be made for her to have the Rex Factor as we said you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Rex for Pod Rex Factor Rex for Pod Rex for Pod <laughs> at Rex Factor Pod like uh, the Rex Factor Podcast page, Facebook page email RexFactorPodcast at Hotmail.com and go on to RexFactor.wordpress.com Word, I'm getting all these words wrong, rexfactor.wordpress.com, read the blogs and complete the polls, which I have actually finally put some polls up on the website. Oh, right. They weren't there before. I was oh, telling okay. people to go. They weren't there, but they are now. And plenty of room to use your imagination here. Send in <laughs> your hashtag console cards <laughs> yeah. for this uh, episode. It's just going to be a your... load of babies. Well, yeah. Maybe that thing, maybe she's hidden underneath. Yeah, a pile of children. Hmm. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you use, and, of course, subscribe. Yes, please. And if you'd like to f- support us financially, you can donate monthly to join the Privy Council and get bonus content. You do the Privy Chamber podcast after each of these episodes, and depending on the level you donate at, you can get access to special episodes, mugs, T-shirts. Yes. And we've got some Privy Councillors to welcome. Excellent. Bob Skeens. Hello. Chica V. Ike. I feel like I should say hello to all of them, so I'm just going to do a big hello now. Okay. Hello. Sharon Cox. Hmm. Rennie Foots. Elizabeth Hood. What? don't know if that's a relative. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but how dare she? <laughs> pretensions to my name. I don't know why name. I was so surprised and then said that like that. Sorry. Uh. And John Walton. I know I recognise a few of those names from mm. Facebook, so thanks very much, chaps, for joining. Renee sent in um, some really lovely consort cards. Yes, I believe. Yeah, she did some very, very talented uh, cards. Mm. Um, and I realised uh, talking about uh, Hood, Renee. You know what was her name? Uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Elizabeth Hood. Um, I missed a trick with Rupert. Right. Could have called him could have given him two middle names and had actually had an HMS hood 
How could that be? Only little name tags at school, cool. HMS Hood. Yeah. Well, we love and learn. Mm. Mm. Now, last time, because it was such a big episode, yeah. it was actually 45 minutes over the uh, allotted hour. Was it? So I had to edit it down quite a bit. So we didn't have any messages last time. Okay. But because we didn't have quite as much to say this time, we've got lots of messages. Hooray. Correspondence Corner. Firstly, from our privy councillors, Adam Ship. Hello. Hey guys. Hi. I'm I am a physician from the states, and I discovered Rex Factor three to four months ago while searching for something to help entertain me on my hour commute. To oh, Acidone. thank God! I thought it was going to entertain me when I'm pretending to listen to patients. Well, I not only found myself listening during my long commutes, but during nights on call at the hospital. Oh. Don't worry, I wasn't listening while taking care of patients. All oh, right. <laughs> 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 that is where you went straight away. Oh, oh dear. Oh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I even found your podcast echoing through my townhouse on the weekends. Although not particularly to my, my, my nah, although not particularly to my wife's enjoyment, I did catch her mumbling. I did not expect that. I don't say that that much. <laughs> and green of tartan, red of hair, on multiple occasions. I think that would have been during the Scottish series when you're doing the con- the uh, Heritage Limited cards if i could beg for one idea i think a fantastic season would be on the holy roman emperors from charlemagne to napoleon bonaparte ah, he's a whole series on himself though isn't he napoleon, napoleon well, yeah. that's charlemagne's pretty big and they're also of course the uh, french rulers yeah anyway mm. steve atkins just received my privy council mug many thanks I'm making my way through series one and keeping up with the new series all at once. Ooh. I had a few people that mentioned that. They're listening to the relevant king for each consort and sort of comparing. Yeah, you could do the Scots at the same time, couldn't you? Mm. That'd be good. Mm. I'm at Anne at the moment and identifying pretty strongly with Prince George. Looking forward to the episodes on Emma of Normandy and Matilda of Boulogne, both of whom are favourites. Mm. Well, i say Emma will be doing uh, next time. Yeah, yeah, true. True story. HX7WZL. Hmm. I'm an American research scientist whose daily commute is horrific. Your podcast has made the miles melt away. My youngest son is an historian and just loves the Rex facts. I'm, I'm, I am myself passionate about art, history and science. A genealogy test last year revealed I am a descendant of the English kings. I knew my grandfather was English, but seriously, I confirmed all of this by using family search. When I saw Richard III in my antecedents, I was stunned. Ah. Laura Stewart, finally, of the Privy Councillors. Doubtless most of you figured this out faster than me. But, oh, yeah, this is just a useful bit of advice for anyone that's joined the Privy Council. Um, doubtless many of you figured this out faster than me, but for anyone who hasn't, apparently the Podbean podcast app doesn't refresh on its own. Oh, I was meant to say this. Yes. Mm. Um, so imagine me. Th- this is me telling you this because <laughs> she put this on Facebook. Yep. <coughs> Here I was thinking the guys hadn't done a Privy Chamber episode since April. So if you're missing episodes, hit the dot 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 at the top and click refresh. So that is literally three dots that are kind of in a top corner. That's a thing that's that has happened recently, isn't it? Mm. Three lines or three dots. It's always that's just come means to interview menu. menu and, yeah. yeah. I wonder when that started. Hmm. Anyway, so thank you, Laura. It's a useful tip if you are yeah. using the Podbean app and episodes aren't appearing. Now, some messages from my other listeners. A couple on George the Fourth. George the Fourth, Prince Regent. Right. Oh, they've just like been just messages. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. 
Gerald Thompson. Mm. I feel strongly, had I listened earlier, I could have prevented the travesty that was George the Fourth's result. What, do we give it to him or not? No. All right. I could have educated you both that his gluttony, vanity and excess in context are positive qualities that should be celebrated. Well, I think I would have been celebrated, wasn't I? I think you enjoyed it, but uh, not for the Rex Factor. Oh. And Emily... Glad to be back on the Privy Council, and thank you for the shout-out on the George IV versus Charles II live episode that I didn't make it to in Oxford. So she was one where she hadn't been able to get tickets, because mm. it sold out, mm. and then one dropped out mm. on the night, so we tried to get tickets, and she was the one we contacted, saying, oh, there are tickets available, but then she'd booked to be somewhere else. Oh, yes! So some of her friends were there, so we gave her a little shout-out oh, yeah. at the time. Uh, George the Fourth was robbed, though. Charles was a better king, but we should respect the lifetime of dedication and effort George put into being completely rubbish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what, what was the battle? George the Fourth versus Charles the Second. Yeah. I think I'd stick by that. I mean, Charles won quite convincingly, yeah. didn't he? Mm. Uh, Tian Johnson message about Kenneth McAlpin. Just watching Aquaman. Mm. And if Kenneth McAlpin's fishy cloak looked even half as impressive as the ones in this movie, maybe he could have pulled off the fishy angel. I'm not familiar with Aquaman. Aquaman is uh, part of the DC universe. Right. And he is in the sea quite a lot of the time. Yeah. So presumably I'm guessing he's got scales and I'm guessing... Like water world, quite like Kevin Costner's gills. Kind of. He can swim, basically. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so presumably... I've not seen the film. Presumably he is bedecked in... Uh, Lovely oh, glowing scales. A.K.A. Uh, Ken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Came out with his fishy angels. Love a fish. <laughs> Apparently, I'd forgotten, but you do love a fish. I wanted to say thanks to everybody who's uh, sent in messages about Game of Thrones. Yeah. Especially we did. A lot of people have suggested other um, historical comparisons that we could have made. I've decided not to read any of them out because people are listening at uh, sometimes are watching Game of Thrones but are way behind oh, good point. Yeah. so they would have known to avoid that episode mm. but they wouldn't know that it might get mentioned again so I've not mentioned yeah but I've had a few quality ones on Facebook as there well some very good ones now the elf dynasty yeah all of these elf names we've been asking yeah. what's it all about well Amanda Nyland Hendrickson has had a has a suggestion on this I thought about all of the elf names. There are a lot of traditional things you can do to keep elves from bothering you and stealing your children in British mythology, like putting up horseshoes and leaving a saucer of milk out. (laughs) What if putting the word elf in your child's name was another method of protecting your child from being stolen? Yeah. And then, since people just kept giving their children family names, the meaning got lost, but people continued to do it. So it's a superstition initially. You put elf in the name and it protects a child from being stolen. And then people kind of forget about that, but we've got all of these elf names that are really popular. I just think it's really annoying that anyone would think that elves exist. Oh, you know, back in the day, all sorts of things were going on. Mm. It's annoying though, isn't it? It's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Is it just because elves (laughs) is putting you in mind of Lord of the Rings? Rings. uh, Exactly, exactly. It's all that kind of... Uh, spell, sp- spells and didn't mind dragons existing in Game of Thrones <laughs> no, I didn't mind that at all <laughs> uh, Christopher Graham got in touch about the scoring for Dynasty mm. as one of the consort's main roles is to help provide an heir to the reigning monarch should the consort receive a bonus point for each member of their children actually who becomes king or queen 
Elfled mm. had eight children and a score of 17, but none of her children became a monarch, whereas Elfgriff of Shaftesbury had only two children, Edgar and Edmund. However, both of them became king. That is a good point, is it not? It is a good point. I think, ultimately, it's still... It's harsh to score somebody down because they have loads of children and then afterwards they don't become king. Likewise, to give someone a really good score because their sons become king regardless of anything they do. It's like Elfgifu dies before her husband. Mm. Elfgifu dies before her husband. She has no impact on mm. the fact that they both... And actually, it's it's not their fault, but dynastically it's bad if you have more than one child becoming king because mm. that means that There's your been child yeah. happened. So something's gone wrong if you have multiple monarchs. Yeah, and I suppose I'm very keen to judge them at the point of death. You know, you can't judge them <laughs> for stuff that went afterwards. Yeah. Uh, my, it's, it's the whole Edward the First Scotland theory. <laughs> yeah. um, so they couldn't know mm. that none of these kids were going to become king. Mm, tricky. It's a good point. It is a good point. But I yeah. think we will still stick with, stick with it. what happens when they die, but interesting. Now, Michael Charlton was in touch previously when um, trying to help you remember the name of Ethelfled, Lady of the Mercians. Right. She's the one who Thank you. becomes um, effective rule of Mercia, the battley one, almost takes your... Uh, but wasn't... Yeah, it was a sidestep for us, but had to do... Yeah. Yes. So evidently, still not quite mm-hmm. quite in there. So he mm-hmm. says, Flushed with the very obvious success of my infallible scheme devised to get Ali to remember her name, I have herewith further foolproof aid or memoirs for recalling the names of the other consorts. Had he already written in? So he did one previously, but it didn't help, because he said to remember an old woman running away, Ethel fled. But you then said you just went going, which one's Ethel? And good. why did she run away? It's a good point. Yeah, that was my immediate thought then. Yeah, <laughs> your immediate thought then was the same as your immediate yeah. thought previously. Yeah, who's which? Ethel. So here are some of his suggestions. Remembering the other ones, Elswith. Imagine having your order taken by Alfred's consort. Too at long at an Anglo-Saxon fast food restaurant and being asked by her, "Do you want anything else with that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's very good. Elfled. Imagine a miniaturized Anglo-Saxon lead mine with little pointy-eared workers and the heavy grey metal they are excavating. Elf lead. Yeah. <laughs> Edgarfu. The sound of an Anglo-Saxon personage sneezing out their false teeth. <laughs> Edgarfu. <laughs> like that. Elfgifu. Someone for today. Yeah. A picture in graphics interchange format of a relieved elf. So, elf gif you. I'm not following that one. So, a gif. Yeah. Oh, no, oh like elf. a computer gif. Yeah, so an elf gif and it's relieved. Few. Yes. Elf yes. gif. Got that. Few. Got that. And then finally, Ethel fled of Damarum. I think this one's going to be much more up your street. Imagine going to watch the second half of a Wagnerian opera about an old lady who ran away. Ethel fled of, in brackets, got her, out of brackets, Damarung. I don't get that one. It's a Wagner an opera by Wagner. Ah. I'm no further forward, but I did enjoy the past five minutes. Yes. 
Wolfrith of Wilton, in her episode, you said that there should be a term for removing a nun from a nunnery. Yeah. So we've had some suggestions. Oh, great. David Hafner. Mm. Nun napping. Lovely. Cat Connor, a couple that she provided. Nun chucking. Very nice. And denunciation. Oh, gosh, these are getting better. Chris Peterson, nun sconded. Yeah. Mike Clayton, shenanigans. <laughs> uh, and George on Twitter, getting Edgard. Yeah, very good. I feel like shenanigans is a bit of an adjective, perhaps. Mm. Um, a very, very fine adjective at that. <laughs> um, but uh, what was the one I really liked? Denunciation. Denunciation. Yeah. Very good. That's good on Cat Connor there. Now, Sam Corradetti has got in touch uh, about Elfgafu's scandal score. This is the Elfgafu of the uh, Coronation Threesome fame. Uh, no, I think you mean uh, computer-generated <laughs> image. <laughs> of a relieved elf. <laughs> yeah. Let's review, Sam says. We're talking about a probably fabricated smear that so transgressed the accepted norms of sexual behaviour that it has remained in circulation for over 1,000 years. This story is so fun that in the vacuum of knowledge about the time, to the extent anybody knows anything about Edwig, many people know literally nothing else but the story of his skipping out on official duties to canoodle with a hot noble and her mum, only to get blocked by an angry priest. Mm. Fabricated or not, we're confident that this story came out of a very real and deadly Game of Thrones, in which two noble factions with a generational blood feud pit brother against brother, briefly split the nation, roiled the leadership of the church, and one noble most certainly deployed her young daughter to ensnare a pubescent, inexperienced king. Said noble daughter and temptress was briefly exiled, possibly maimed in a roadside assault, then left to linger in social isolation as a helpless pawn around a royal court full of people who definitely hated her and almost certainly killed her husband as the final play in the usurpation of the rightful king. Graham thinks that rates a scandal score of seven. I don't know if you've got any tens lined up, but you better put some content warning on those episodes. <laughs> what did I give her? Ten. Did I? Mm. Oh, good. I like this man. Sarah Conrath. Yeah. First of all, I'm loving the consult series so far. Really interesting to hear you dig in and read between the lines to figure out what these important and powerful women were doing, even if it wasn't well recorded by history. As I was listening to Elfgafu's scandal scoring, I was wondering what you'd scored Edgafu for the same actions, so I was glad you mentioned that during the Privy Chamber episode. I actually went back to listen to the Edwig episode because I was wondering whether you had brought up the whole history is written by the winners thing which you did. Mm. And interestingly, the reason for Edwig's low score is Ali. What? Only a four and a half for Rex Factor history. Graham was more consistent with a six for Edwig and a seven for Elfgafu. So for the coronation threesome yeah. for the king, Edwig, you gave a four and a half for Scandal. I suppose if I'm... Uh <laughs> I'm, I, I'm thinking of my feet here um, that it was maybe less scandalous for the chap oh is it more scandalous because in a way she's just going along with uh, with him all the hubby wants to do whereas he's yeah, the one that's meant to be at the coronation banquet she's naughty so she's a lady <laughs> she's she a lady uh, I mean if yeah we were we always knew Graham was going to be consistent in this um, <laughs> but like the way that I started with one that criticised me, but the finished with one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, she goes on to say, as someone who advocated for higher scandal scores for women after Mary, Queen of Scots, low score, I'm happy to see Elf Kifu outdo her husband, as it were. <laughs> Cheers for scandalous women making their mark on history. Eey. And finally, a question from Alison Mary Hebben. Is there any connection between the having sex with nuns theme and the fact that brothel madams were known as abbesses? Ooh! Sorry, I didn't mean to a, a, a very... <laughs> a completely carry-on response. Like, <laughs> very, um... Kenneth Williams. What, yeah, what a great point. I tried to have a look. I haven't been able to find anything out that talks about why and, and there sin- is this. But since you've done that Googling, the police have given you your laptop <laughs> back <laughs> yeah. and you've been fine. <laughs> but if anybody knows, anybody's got any... Uh, further information or knowledge we in should area. go ask an abbess well, well. <laughs> <laughs> i meant of a nunnery are they called nunneries no i think that the only thing i did find out was that it did seem to be it's like it's um a sisterhood it is sort of matching this sort of structure i suppose of a church in a way and i don't know if it's just because it was a bit seemed a bit saucy mm. to have everything based on church terminology <laughs> or if there is any kind of actual connection mm. so i've not found one but it'd be interesting if anybody else is able yeah. to do so mm. Mm. so anyway thank you for all your uh, excellent emails there yeah great great haul keep them coming in uh as i said next time we will be doing emma of normandy mm-hmm. biggie uh, much more to say about her than we do about alfgafu of york we'll also at some point be doing a special episode on uh john churchill first duke of marlborough mm-hmm. and next time we speak we will have done uh Chalk Valley History Festival. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Anyway, that's all to come. We'll see you next time. Cheerio!